What are you doing? Sounds sound like you're about to run out of air, though. <laughs> I'm blowing the dust off the mic, Brian. Oh, my God. My lungs aren't, aren't very full of air. I'm going to pass out. It's the winter. I'm not in shape anymore. <laughs> it took two weeks. <laughs> two weeks of me not it's biking, a, and I'm out of shape. It's a steep cliff. Uh, I biked to work yesterday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> still out of shape. I'm blowing yeah. the dust off the mic, Brian, because it's been so goddamn long. It's been it's been a while, yeah. It's been probably about a month. It's your fault for not being around, man. It's not my fault that our, fault. Two, our two other cohorts abandoned us. It is. Oh, that, I do blame that on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That had a lot to do you with dro- me. You drove them away. I'm like the Jimmy Butler of podcasts. It, it, like, in most parts of my life, <laughs> Brian just drove everybody away. <laughs> Everyone's gone. Yeah. No. Ugh, where have where you been, Brian? <laughs> uh, you know, doing stuff. Uh, no, I, I went to Europe. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. So I'm all fancy and, you know, I've lived that European life. So you say you call soccer football now, right? Uh, I mean... And some, football American football? Sometimes. I, I had to in Europe. Yeah, they just didn't really fully understand that... When I was talking about football, they were thinking soccer. Were you just talking to a bunch of Spanish people about American football? Mm, sometimes. That's, that's... I wore a lot of I, I wore a lot of Baltimore Ravens swag around Europe. I mean, and I was getting some questions. I guess that makes sense. I I guess I don't really notice that uh, you do wear a ton of Baltimore Ravens stuff. I, like it's just normal for me. Yeah. But <laughs> but it's all like like all my dry. I wanted because I was hiking and walking a lot, and I wanted dry fit shirts, and all my dry fit shirts are like Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> It's athletic wear. And that's why I wear I wear the dry fit shirts while doing our podcast because it's generally hot as balls. I know it's in, not anymore. In our welcome, podcast room. Welcome to the winter time in this apartment yeah. where it's actually just cold as tits. Yeah, it's really nice. He's like, is the air conditioning on? No, it's just cold all the time. Whereas it's forty five degrees Celsius in the summer. And I got I have the heat cranked right now. It's set to like thirty two or some insane number. Well, it's nice to be back, Ryan. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm excited. It's uh, The best part is is we can just kind of get right into it, you know? Just start going. I mean, we're still going to play our theme song. Yeah, yeah, we need to play our, our brand new theme song that we only used once because we went on this hiatus. He slams down his bat. Welcome to Sauce and Toss, your favorite sports podcast about saucing. I am Smitty, and you can find me on Twitter at From Tape to Tape. And I'm Brian, you can find me on Twitter at BriRead11. And you can find us both on Instagram at Sauce Toss Pod and on Twitter at Sauce Toss Pod. And you can find our writing at uh, the10day.wordpress.com. Yeah, cool. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going we're gonna to hit all the major points. We're yeah. going to not catch you up on what happened yeah, over the not, past month. We're not going to do a recap of the next be, be horrible. month. We're actually just going to do a recap, but it's going to be on politics. In the Red Sox super won depressed. the World Series. <laughs> oh, wow. We, so this the, is... The Democrats just won the House, but they lost everything else. That's uh, tough. So, this is actually the second attempt to record this podcast. It's already failed once, and we have our itinerary for the podcast written up, and I completely forgot to mention that the Red Sox won the World Series. Yeah. That happened, and it was very anticlimactic and pretty uneventful World Series, as opposed yeah. to the last couple World Series, which were a ton of fun. It was anticlimactic. Uh, I was very disappointed that friend of the pod, uh, Michael Braverin at the score, uh, his the, the jinx didn't happen. 
he's for years called for the Dodgers to win the World Series, and then they finally get to the World Series, and he, this was the first time he didn't say that they were going to win the World Series, and I really wanted them to win because yeah. of that. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we are not going to talk about that. Uh, no, because, because we hate the Red Sox. And don't of. care all that much for baseball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, Bradburn. Uh, but what I do want to talk about, uh, something that we're both very excited about, is uh, some of the stuff that's been going on in the Eastern Conference of the National Basketball Association. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> or the NBA in layman's terms. <laughs> yes, as the kids call. Uh, Jimmy Butler... Uh, formerly of the Minnesota Timberwolves, has been, uh, after a month-long uh, tirade, a, a tirade would probably be the best way to describe it. Uh, chaos. Chaos. Just chaos. Like a, a hurricane through... Month-long media shitstorm. Yeah. 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 Um, has now been traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I believe the package was Jimmy Butler going to Philly by himself. With Dario Saric. I think uh, there was one guy going with Was him. there not? Yeah. But Which is like really funny. A guy that hasn't played all season. Oh, okay. So Jared Bayless, yeah. Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and a second round draft pick going the opposite way. Yeah. Brian, what's a... Uh, Big trade. Um, and I mean, my... So I'm going to break it down. My initial thoughts on the trade, when I first saw it, I got the alert on my phone... Uh, it was Saturday afternoon. I don't know when we're going to release this podcast, but I got the alert Saturday afternoon, and I saw it, and I was immediately upset. Like, I kind of dropped my phone and was like, fuck! Because you're such a big Jimmy Butler fan. No. No. <laughs> no. Because I'm such a big Timberwolves fan. No. I also don't care about that. But I'm a Thibodeau fan. Yeah. I'm a really, really <laughs> big. I just love Tom Thibodeau so much, and I was very disappointed that he had to trade his favorite player. No, that's not true. Um, Jimmy Butler, when I saw he was going to the Sixers, I was immediately upset because I thought, man, the Raptors finally have a challenge, like a legitimate threat to their Eastern Conference crown that we've already given them. Um, I was kind of upset. Uh, but the more you kind of read read about the trade and the more you look into it, the more you're kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if the Sixers are going to – the Sixers look great on paper now. But are they going to live up to a like a great team like the Toronto Raptors or a great team like the Milwaukee Bucks? Who knows? Probably so much not. emphasis on teams. Yeah, because they're teams. <laughs> they're very well-rounded teams. And now the Sixers... It's so much foreshadowing. The, the 76ers are very... They're very thin now. Like they gave up a lot of they gave up two starters and they gave up a lot of talent to get Jimmy Butler for potentially only one year. They did. That's and that that's my stickler. I don't think that Jimmy Butler stays beyond this year. I mean, it, it really is up in the air. He was when he was first traded to the Timberwolves from the Bulls. Uh, he seemed fairly optimistic about signing long term with Minnesota, but that clear that relationship clearly soured very quickly. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, he's very excited about going Seventy Sixers. I don't know how well the Jimmy Butler rah rah. Everyone's got to go as hard as me. Personality meshes with the stars on on the 76ers. I don't yeah. know if that's sort of Simmons, who more or less is... Like, I'm not saying... Ben Simmons is the rest player. It's the most important player. Yes, Embiid is a better player. Yes, Embiid is, can be their best player. Yeah. But when he's on the court, which I... Either long-term or short-term, I don't know how confident everybody is that he's just always going to be there yeah he's good to miss 10 to 20 games a year mm-hmm. at least yeah and how long 
how long of a career does he have because of that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm on board with that. I think it does make them better on paper. They didn't solve their main problem, which I think was perimeter shooting. JJ Redick clearly is their only lights out um, from uh, beyond the arc, but they got objectively worse. Robert Covington was also a great three point shooter. Um, Jimmy Butler's a fine three point shooter. Yeah. He's he he's technically by definition above average, but uh, that's not the greatest thing. It doesn't doesn't solve their problems. Now it also, as you pointed out, it also makes them incredibly thin. If Joel Embiid or when Joel Embiid misses games, their starting center is going to be Amir Johnson, mm-hmm. which is a terrible look for the year 2018. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I guess, I mean, kind of what their starting five, I guess, is going to be um, when Butler in the lineup is going to be Fultz, Simmons, yeah. Redick, Butler, and not, Embiid. Not Redick. You yeah. want to have Reddick starting? No, they don't start Reddick. Well, I they know. They start Fultz over Reddick. Right I know, but the, now that you've lost one of your other starters, somebody's got to take that hole. Yeah. And Could it's it not a, going to be... Probably uh, a bigger guy. You would... Yeah, you would think. Uh, I suppose that's a bit of a smaller lineup than you would prefer. I but don't know. I it's, don't know it, Mike Muscala would be the only other option. Yeah, something like that. But it's not... I don't know. It's not a great look. I don't know if this jettisonism... I mean, before the trade, I think we both kind of agree that they're probably in, they're not maybe the fourth best team, fourth or fifth best team in the Eastern Conference. And yeah. I don't know if this really moves them up at all. No, I don't think, I mean, I don't think, they're clearly not better than the Raptors. They're definitely not better than the, the Celtics. Uh, maybe if the Bucks cool down, you know, we still don't know if the Bucks are the real deal yet, but they're probably not going to be better than the Bucks. So that makes them the fourth best team in the East, even with Jimmy Butler. So it's like, I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be really really fun to watch because, like you said, the the seventy sixers have very strong personalities right now. Like Joel Embiid is a massive personality, and Ben Simmons, you know, he has a personality. It's a shitty personality, but he's got one. You know, we've talked about it before on the podcast. Yeah. He's kind of a. a a real piece of shit seems like, and seems like not not that cool of a dude to hang out with. But oh yeah, he just sounds like he sucks. <laughs> yeah, he does, right? And I don't know how that's gonna mesh with the Jimmy Butler. Maybe it meshes really well. If it does mesh mesh very well, then that team's gonna be great. But if it doesn't, that team's gonna be bad. Like that's that's that it is what it is. They they put all their eggs in one basket. They just did. Like Elton John just put all his chips into the middle, or Elton John. <laughs> I was, like, what is, I was like, what does Elton have to do with this? <laughs> I thought, it was, I thought so that was like a call out to like an Elton John music video where he no, like, no. I was like, is this, what is happening? What? No, that wasn't a metaphor. That was just me <laughs> fucking up. No, no, Elton Brand, the general manager of the 76ers, put all his chips in the middle and he's just hoping for the best. Um, but like, like you already hinted at. Their problem wasn't that they didn't have Jimmy Butler before. Their problem was that they didn't have perimeter shooting like they did last year. They were so good last year at the end of the year when they had, like, Marco Bellinelli, just guys that could hit threes. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons would drive the lane and, and, and toss it outside. And, and then Mario hit. Bellinelli. Probably. Mario. <laughs> Jesus, this is bad. This is just dropping the ball. The first, the first batch of the podcast was just a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, Bellinelli on the outside hitting threes. They just don't have that in their game right now. So it's like, 
Elton Brand better not be done, or the 76ers are going to remain the fourth best team in the East, and they're not going to go anywhere. And then Jimmy Butler may leave next year. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do think that it is it is uh, an option that they're... I, I can't imagine a, a universe where they're done. They've they kind of gone all in. And I, if any... It's, it's really weird that there were so many guys last year in the summer, so many free agents, where it was like, they're definitely going to move. Um, guys like Paul George, where it was like, they're definitely going to go here. Yeah. And I don't, I think that Jimmy Butler is, is one of those guys where it's like, that guy's definitely going where he wants to go. Yeah. He's not going to, I don't even, even if he likes where he's where he is, even if he does well with the 76ers and he likes it there, I still think he tests the rest of the market before he decides to sign with the 76ers, even yeah. if it's a home run. Like, I don't think it's going to be a Paul George situation where it's like, Paul George is like, no, I'm not even going to bother meeting with anybody else because I like Oklahoma so Oklahoma, much. Yeah. Even if it goes well with with Philly, I still think he looks at, because someone who would probably do really fantastic with LeBron would be Butler. Yeah. Somebody who sees somebody who's going to try as hard as they are all the time. Yeah. It's, the, he... He's gonna have the the world at his feet in the off season if he waits. So, but he's thirty. Yeah, he's gonna be a free agent next year. He's thirty. So, like, if I'm the 76ers, I don't. If he does walk, it's not all bad because odds are he's gonna sign like a max contract with somebody. It's gonna be five years, and he's gonna be bad the last two or three. Like, he's not gonna be I mean, bad, but he's not gonna be a superstar the last year or two of his contract. There's only that's true. a handful of guys that played that well. Will the well. defense go away, though? Probably not. Probably not. The, usually the shot goes first and kind of the speed and all that stuff. But yeah, the only guy that plays incredibly well at like 34, 35 is LeBron James. Yeah, you know? that's <laughs> true. The only guy ever, probably. I mean, we Michael, a, maybe. You, but get, you end up with like Kareem, specialists. Probably. But yeah, you're a specialist. This is exactly what it is, right? Yeah. And you really want to... Sp- pay a specialist $30 million a year, especially when he's like, like it's the, the, if we've learned anything about the NBA this year is that it it has changed, you know, like defense is not, it's not at a premium in the NBA because they can't even play defense anymore. The way the game's being called. I mean, which is interesting because the best team in the league right now is arguably one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah. And that's the Toronto Raptors. But if you measure them up, like defensive stat wise versus like the last twenty years of defensive sure. basketball, yeah, it's not that good. But against the rest of the league, yeah, it's been really decent. It's been top five, easy. And that, and I think that's what I want to talk about next, which is uh, sort of the performance of the Toronto Raptors uh, through the first quarter of the season. Um, they're twelve and one. They have the best record in the NBA, better than even the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. I don't think that anybody thought that they would be performing performing as, as well as they have been. Not this early. Definitely not. I think the writing was on the wall for them to be very, very good, you know, three or four months from now when they figured out how to play together. But nobody thought they'd be 12 they and 1. They wasted no time. No, they figured it out right away. And the best part about the Toronto Raptors for Raptors fans right now is that, like, Kyle Kyle Lowry comes out and he's like, hey man, Kawhi doesn't even really know the offense. And then Kawhi Leonard comes out and he's like, yeah, I literally don't know anything about the offense right now. I'm I know like forty to fifty percent of the offense, so I'm just we're just gonna get better. Like, that is wild to hear that they're just gonna get everybody stays healthy. Knock on wood, 
They're they're going to be a very good basketball team going and forward. On, I mean, you knock on wood and everything, and like you say, everybody stay healthy. But I don't. The way that this team is built, I don't know if there is any one player who is responsible for the success of this team so far. No, like not at all. If 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 Lowry were to go down, you have Van Vliet and you have Powell and you have Delon Wright all behind him. Yeah, and that's it's, that's crazy. Yeah, um, well, and like Norm Powell got hurt last week and he's out four to six weeks. And I remember reading that, being like, <laughs> they still they're still ten deep. Like I feel for Norm Powell because he had a hell of a preseason and he was looking pretty good in most games in the in the early going. And I was excited for him to kind of get his spot back in the rotation. That was cool and all. But like now they're from they drop from an eleven man rotation to a ten man rotation and it's probably honestly for the best. Because now they have ten guys that go solid and the the bottom five guys can get in a groove a little bit better. They don't have to work an eleventh guy in. So it's almost like it benefits the bench. And we can see that mm-hmm. against the Knicks, the bench was phenomenal. You know, yeah. the last game they played, I think the the Knicks bench is like the highest scoring bench in the league, and the Raptors had scored them by like fifteen points because yeah. they were just so good. Like OG was dominant, and obviously Valanciunas was dominant off the bench. Van Fleet, uh, Delon Wright had like twelve or ten points or something on four shots, five shots. Like it was a hell of a performance, and it's because the bench maybe slimmed down a number. Yeah, it's been it's been great to watch. Uh, They're quite- probably the deepest team in the league. I don't can, even think that's probably. I no, think that I think is definitively definitely, yeah, they the are the deepest, deepest team in the league. league. But considering that I just named, I realize that I, I do pay attention to the Raptors, but I just named four of their point guards, <laughs> and I don't think I can name two from every team in the league. Yeah. And I don't think that I'm the only one who can do that. I'm yeah. pretty sure that a lot of fans in the, uh, in the league can name four point guards on the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, like the, the bench is real, man, and the bench isn't even playing that well. They yeah. played very well against the Knicks, but they weren't playing really well before. The starters were bad against the Knicks, and they picked them up. It's like the team is so solid that it's like I don't even like you said. I don't know, you know. Heaven forbid Kawhi gets hurt and is out for a little bit. They're still gonna be okay because they have like a baby Kawhi and OG. You know, and yeah, and Pascal um, Siakam is a thousand times better somehow this year than he's ever been. Yeah, like and, I know there's no drug there's no drug problem in basketball, but like. That dude's doing drugs. If he sure. if he was yeah, yeah right if he but like was, super soldier serum like some shit that like Captain America takes. Yeah, if Pascal Siakam was a major league baseball player, but he's Captain Everybody Chilling. would be like, hey, did he maybe take steroids in the off season? Uh, he's been so good. Oh, he's faster man. too. Like he's he's, he's the fastest so guy much, in the league. There's so much going on with him. Nobody that, can keep up with him. It's and, great, and the hustle, the hustle. He's he's all over the place all the he time. He never stops. He never stops. He never stops. And the crazy, like the Raptors are, i like the Raptors are almost like it's like a it's like we're we're catching a glimpse of basketball future watching the Toronto Raptors right now, because they're they're steps ahead of the majority of the league. You know, the Warriors have been steps ahead of the league for like five years. Mm-hmm. The way that they play, the lineups that they roll out, the fact that Draymond Green can guard one through five, you know, stuff like that. They've been way ahead of everybody. But the Raptors right now, they're not ahead of the Warriors, obviously, but they're ahead of most of 
They're ahead of all the East. But they're built differently than the Warriors. They are built differently than the Warriors. They're built like a team of the future. Like they're they're fast and long. Yeah, and it's like the whole team is fast and long. Fast and long. Like they can defend almost. There's so many guys that can switch off and defend everybody. Like it's basically like if you took a bunch of team, if you took a team and just built them out of Draymond Green. Yeah, it's like everybody is Draymond now. I know, and it's like in. The reason why they're dominating teams early, and again, this could change as teams learn to game plan against them, but they're dominating teams early because the Raptors roll out one big man. They either have Serge Ibaka or Valanchunas in the lineup, and that is it. They never play together so far this year. They've played maybe 45 seconds at the end of a game. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks rolled out, a, or against the Knicks, they rolled out a lineup of Greg Monroe and Valanchunas for about 50 seconds. And I think they're just trolling the league. <laughs> like, Nick Nurse is just like an all-time ultimate troll, the way that he rolled the, rolled Greg Monroe out there. And it worked for a series. It was very funny. Yeah. But they they roll out this team that only has one big, and then all these other teams are playing, like the, the Sacramento Kings the other night, and, and Utah, and even the Knicks. They roll out two big men, and there's not a four in the league that can guard Pascal Siakam straight up. Because Siakam is so fast. He's so quick. He's so much better than all these power forward, like the prototypical power forward of the last 30 years. That you can't stop this guy until you get a guy who can also do that. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a long time before you see... There are three guys in the league that can guard Pascal Siakam. They all play on the Toronto Raptors, and one of them is Pascal Siakam. (laughs) That's it. I mean, he's he's six nine. He's it's also really funny to say this. He's six nine. He's only two hundred and thirty pounds. Watching him, Skin and watching him go, he's he's gonna get bigger. Yeah. And if he gets bigger, he's scary. Well, it's very scary. Not only that, but if he starts hitting threes consistently, there. Like, like he's he's an all star this year. He's a complete player. Yeah. yeah. Like he was three for four from three against the Knicks and the NBA world. Like NBA Twitter blew up. NBA Twitter was like, holy shit. If Pascal Siakam can consistently hit three pointers, he's he goes from being like a marginal starter in the league to being potentially an all star forward mm-hmm. going forward. It's it's insane. Like the 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 steps he's taken has have been just wild, and he like Kawhi's been great. Yeah, Kyle Lowry's playing the best basketball of his life. He's finding guys open all the time. Serge Ibaka is playing the best basketball of his 10-year career. He's played limited minutes, and he's... Valanciunas is unbelievably efficient off the bench, and Pascal Siakam might be the best player on the team right now, which is crazy to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kawhi's been uh, sitting out back-to-backs. They've been very cautious with him. There's been a couple scares during games where he's got, like, I think he got, like, elbowed in the eye, and then there was uh, something with his ankle. But both times, they just took him out of the game. Um, and it, he had no problem with it, and they're really just being cautious with him, which is fantastic to see because it looks like they're trying to preserve um, because of all the stuff with the Spurs yeah. when he was there. It looks like they're trying to preserve their relationship with him as best they can uh, to prefer make sure that everything's kosher and increase the chances that they're going to re-sign him. I really feel like they, there's no doubt, for me at least, I don't think that he's going anywhere else. Yeah. Which is really good to see. I don't know. It's it's still, to me, it's still up in the air. Um, you're always going to... The problem with, because of the way everything's gone up until this point with him, 
there's always that asshole on Twitter that's like that has a the cameras not even just on Twitter sorry the TV broadcast the cameras almost always focused on Kawhi on the bench you know and they yeah. always had that cut to him where you're like oh man he doesn't really look that enthused Jesus that Christ involved. that's the way the man is all the yeah, time yeah and like. <laughs> Like, someone on Twitter always points it out and all this stuff, and, and until you, like, understand that Ooh. this guy is an unemotional robot a lot of the time. Not to mention just, like, they always show those clips, but, like, I've seen plenty of clips where he's laughing, and I've seen a ton of clips of him yeah. in, in uh, San Antonio where there was no laughing. Yeah. Like, it was, it's not even, it's like, true. there's some laughter and some joking around in Toronto, which is an infinite amount of laughter compared to how much was going on in San Antonio. Yeah. Like, it's it's great. I don't the like we said about Ibaka, Ibaka's in limited minutes finally in a role um, that has made his contract a little bit better to, a little bit easier to stomach. Yeah. Um, because that was a bit of a black black mark on the Raptors payroll for the last two years, I guess. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. I think we like we question the hire because we all wanted to change, like a major culture change. Well, a I think a lot of, of us, a, a lot of, we all thought it was going to be, um, Frank. Stackhouse. Stackhouse. We almost yeah. all thought it was going to be Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah. The Nick Nurse was very surprising. It was. But great hire so far. Mm-hmm. You know? And Nick Nurse, like, I didn't know anything about him until this year. And just reading about him and hearing his interviews and stuff, Nick Nurse sounds like a dude I want to hang out with. <laughs> Like, he just sounds like the best guy. He does look like such a dork, though. Yeah, he, well, he does, <laughs> but he's a basketball, like, savant. It's unbelievable. I re- In one of the games I was watching, and I've watched more Raptors games this year than I've ever watched in my whole mm-hmm. Raptors fandom because I love watching Kawhi Leonard play basketball. And, it's, and also, now I love watching Pascal Siakam play basketball, so it's very cool. I love watching OG play basketball. Yeah, <laughs> he was so good against the Knicks. Oh, man. But, yeah, uh, Nick Nurse... Like, I've learned so much about the guy. You know, his his first head coaching job was when he was 23. He coached in England for forever. Like, 10 years he was a head coach uh-huh. in England. He used to live with his team. He just just wild stuff. Like, this guy came out of nowhere. And then I learned the other day that he became a, a D-league coach at the time because he called up a rich dude that he knows and was like, hey, man, you should bring a D-league to this city, a D-league team to this city. And then the guy brings the team to the city and Nick Nurse coaches for him, wins a championship, and then moves on to the next city or whatever. And That's I'm like, awesome. What a, like, this guy is insane. And he's been so, he's been great. And the change he made, making Serge a five, making a box, or Serge a, a five, and making Valanciunas kind of come off the bench and also start, like, unbelievable. Well, they, what a crazy move. The big thing with Nurse is that he's been so adaptive. And honestly, like, there isn't, there hasn't been many. NBA teams this year who have done this. He's been really, really adaptive with his lineups. He changes his lineups so much depending on who they're facing. Yeah. And not this early in the year, a lot of guys, a lot of teams haven't been doing this. Uh, so I think he's kind of preparing for <laughs> for the playoffs already, which yeah. is great to see. Well, I mean, it helps when you're twelve and one to start the season. But yeah, it's pretty wild. Like it, if they keep playing as well as they they are, like you can chalk a lot of it up to, to Nick Nurse and his decisions and, and his kind of system. And, you know, we may get to a point where the Raptors fire a coach of the year one year, <laughs> and then the next year their new coach wins coach of the year. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, now, there's tons of time in between, and obviously Mike Budd in Milwaukee is doing very well. Yeah. 
But like, this could happen, you know? Like, how do you improve on a 59-win team? Yeah. The Raptors, when they won 59 games last year, they started the season 7-5. and five. Yeah. And they're 12-1 and one right now. And if you look at their schedule... For the next, like, they could be 19 and 1 or 20 and, or sorry, 19 and 2 or 20 and 1 in the next 10 games because their schedule is soft. Soft. Yeah. Like, they, they, they have, uh, depending on when we release this podcast, they have the Pelicans on Monday, which may be a tough game. But after that, you know, they play the Warriors at the end of the month, uh-huh. at the end of November, and then there's nobody really else that should beat them in that time frame between here and then. It's crazy. All right. So after the break, sauce and tossed. All right. So welcome to sauce and tossed segment of the sauce and tossed podcast. Sauce or tossed. Yeah. So, yeah, if you uh, forgot, sauce is good. Tossed is bad. It's very easy. Very simple. It's very straightforward. Sauced or tossed. So I'm going to lead the segment, uh, and we're going to just go through it and see what happens. So first one, uh, Minnesota Twins catcher slash first baseman slash DH Joe Maurer recently said he is retiring. The greatest Canadian baseball player. (laughs) Not Canadian. (laughs) Uh, Recently mentioned he's retiring. So is Joe Maurer a Hall of Famer? Wait, or top? like legitimately, is Joe Maurer not Canadian? I thought no, he was Canadian. No, he's not Canadian. I think he's from Minnesota. Sure? Yeah, Are we sure? I really thought he was Canadian. <laughs> not Canadian. Hey. Joe Maurer is not Canadian. Um, Minnesota, I mean, he might as well be Canadian. Changes so Minnesota. much about my perception of him. Yeah. Um, but no, I am, I'm bummed about it. Is he a Hall of Famer? Hell no. Could he be a Hall of Famer? Hell yes. I am tossing the idea that he's a Hall of Famer. He hit 300 in his career. 2,000 plus hits. 15 years. Not and he missed enough. probably, what, like three seasons out of his peak? Combined, probably? Yeah. Injury time? Because yeah. of injuries. And he was shifted out of the out of his, his natural position because of those injuries. Which usually happens for catchers anyway. Yeah, but because of concussion problems? Yeah. It was, I mean, it was sad. His entire career, like, he was a dominant player when he was at his peak. And it was really unfortunate that his peak was cut short. But is he a Hall of Famer? No, I feel like we need to hold a higher standard for what we consider a Hall of Famer. See, is he? Does he belong in the Hall of Very Good? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is Joe Maurer is gonna be. He's like, a, he's gonna be a define. It's gonna be a defining moment for Hall of Fames everywhere. I think because he is one of those guys that I agree with what you said. Is he in the Hall of Very Good? thousand percent you know but because he had staying power later in his career and still hit relatively okay but nowhere near as good as, as he was in his prime which again is very hard to do does he get the hall of fame nod anyway like this happens all over so in, in every league this happens where a guy squeaks into the hall of fame because he ended up playing 15 plus years he ended up with numbers that were you know, relative to a guy that plays 15 plus years and he had like three to four dominant years, you know? So if he was an NHL player and his stats were the equivalent of that, he would make the NHL Hall of Fame. Yeah, totals are much more important in in, in the NHL than they are in baseball. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
your averages are much more important in baseball. What what's what were your what were your seasonal averages kind of a thing? The other thing is is that what do you think of Joe Maurer? What position did Joe Maurer play? Was he a first baseman or was he a catcher? I we all think of him as a catcher. I think of him as a catcher. Yeah. Everybody thinks of him as a catcher. Now it's also historically hard for a catcher to make it into the the Hall of Fame. There are plenty of better catchers than Joe Maurer who yeah. still haven't made the Hall of Fame. I don't know. Don't ask me to tell you which ones because that's very hard for me to do. I just know that that's a fact. <laughs> I don't even know where I stand. Um, I toss it because I I again I agree with you. I think the Hall of Fame they should stand alone. Like there shouldn't be any question at all. It should be, is this guy a Hall of Famer? Yes. If you can even fathom or even decide no, he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. I've never thought of that before, and now I'm 100% on board for <laughs> you can only make it into Sports Hall of Fames if it's a unanimous. Across the league, it should be unanimous. <laughs> I think I'm, in, I'm on board with that decision. But that's a, the problem is, is, is 30 years from now, when there's a million guys in every Hall of Fame... Like, yeah, that's what the decision is going to be. Is it's going to be, like, they're going to change the rules and be like, is it unanimous? Yeah, I think it should be unanimous. Now, I also understand the flaws of that because, like, I also kind of believe that Barry Bonds probably belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But, um, and then that would be the problem. Is there's always going to be that, that one 80-year-old asshole who's like, yeah. steroids ruined the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So. All right, moving on. Uh... Apparently, the Chicago Cubs are shopping Chris Bryant. Soster toss the idea of trading Chris Bryant. I mean, toss? Wait, what am I? No, I'm saucing it. I'm saucing trading Chris Bryant. Do you want to trade Chris Bryant? I'm under. I'm on. I'm on board. Like I understand. And I don't even think he was. He they they took him out as a starter even for some of this year, didn't they? Like he wasn't so. starting some of the games this year. Yeah. And which to, is, they might be trying to trade high because trade, last yeah. year is crazy. Like, if, like to say that the last year, if you had told anybody in the league that Chris Bryant wouldn't be wouldn't be starting all the games because of performance, yeah, he was an MVP. <laughs> yeah, is 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 bonkers. So I don't know. He's not performing to the level that he should be, and I don't know what else to say other than trade him. I think you're under no circumstances are you not going to regret that trade. <laughs> yeah. But I there's no other path. I don't really think. I toss it because if you trade Chris Bryant, a.k.a. Bryce Harper's best friend, you're not getting Bryce Harper. I also don't think that they're getting Bryce Harper. Yeah, but they're going to take a run at Bryce Harper. He's going to be a White Sox. He's going to be a White <laughs> no, Sox. A White Sox. Yeah. White Sox? Bryce Harper perennially you mean doesn't Ma- want to win championships. Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are coming to the south side Chicago. <laughs> I toss it. Market. Because Bryce Harper... Is coming to Chicago. He's going to be a Cub, but he's not going to come if Chris Bryant gets traded. Yeah, that's right. Uh, next on Sauced and Tossed. So apparently, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco has a hip injury. It's their bye week right now. Because he's a billion years old. Because he's a billion years old and he sucks at football. But he got a hip injury against the Steelers in their last game. So we're going into week 11. Do you sauce or toss Lamar Jackson starting over uh, and injured Joe Flacco in Week Eleven for the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, I think I they I mean they have they've dabbled in the Wildcat a little bit this year, and I think I would almost be comfortable with them doing uh, Lamar Jackson and then occasionally running the Wildcat with Joe an injured Joe Flacco on the field. <laughs> like I think I'm fine with that. Now uh, is RG three still on the roster? Yeah. 
Yep. He's a healthy scratch, everyone. Yeah, fuck that. Never mind. Joe Flacco, Fireman in the Sun. It's all RG3 and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. I watched, obviously, a lot of Baltimore Ravens football this, this season, and I sauced the hell out of the idea of Lamar Jackson starting over Joe Flacco. RG3, Lamar Jackson, Wildcat. (laughs) Either guy could do either thing. It's pretty wild. I don't know. Like uh, Joe Flacco started the season strong to the point where everyone was like, man, is Joe Flacco great? Like, is he actually a really good quarterback? Is he the Brett Favre? Yeah. And now he's he's been straight trash for four out of five weeks probably since. Um, I don't know. Anytime I see Lamar Jackson in the game... You know, the Ravens typically, their run game takes off because defenses don't know whether Lamar is running the ball or the running backs running the ball, and it generally opens things up for the running backs. Other than that, the entire year, the Ravens' run game has been non-existent. They've been very, very pass-heavy because they can't run the ball. I'm trying to remember who their running back is right now. Alex Collins. Mm. Yeah. So he's okay. been... Le'Veon Bell. No. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> that would have been pretty wild. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. I love the... I, I still, like... I, in a perfect world, Lamar Jackson doesn't start a football game till halfway through next year. Yeah, halfway through next year. That's my opinion. That would be even a perfect world, but who? I would be okay with him not even starting next year and starting the following year. But Joe Flacco is so bad and so incredibly frustrating, and the offense is so bad and so incredibly frustrating when Flacco's bad that it's like, do we rush Lamar Jackson and just see what he can do? Teddy Bridgewater is just chilling down in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Just let's. I, I sauce. I sauce it all day. I want to see it happen only because Flacco isn't good enough to start in the NFL anymore. Yeah, I've said it. That's it. The Buffalo That's Bills are starting a guy. <laughs> yeah, they've started a different guy every week, and every time they go back Always to their, the guy. their backup guy, their backup <laughs> guy throws three interceptions a game. It's like. Lamar Jackson is going to create offense. Yeah. He's going to have growing pains. He's going to throw interceptions. He's going to fumble the ball. He's going to turn the ball over. But the potential and the upside is is too good to not give him a shot right now. Yeah. So I, I am saucing the idea of Joe Flacco never starting another game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So hard. Is that harsh? <laughs> I mean, it's harsh, but like... The worst part is, is Ravens fans wouldn't even agree with you because they're all Joe Flacco apologists. Which is um, weird because even Joe Flacco wouldn't be a Joe Flacco apologist. He's I like, feel no, like guys, 10 years from now, Joe Flacco would be like, I can't believe they let me start the last five years of my career. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so the Miami Heat, the, the NBA just released all of their city jerseys for this year. Um, what is the city jersey? Yeah, I'm just kidding. That That's an <laughs> unanswerable question. It's just a different yeah, fucking... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Most of them are shit. Oh, I'm sorry. All the other ones that had the city name across them, those weren't city jerseys? <laughs> uh, sauced or tossed, Miami Heat has the best city jersey in the NBA this Ooh. year. Nah, I'm tossing it. We were all big fans of the Utah city jersey last year. Yeah, and I still think that they might be the, the returning champ. Yeah, they I came also, back with the exact same city jersey. I also really, really, really love the Golden State city jersey. The, the, the China the medallion coin. Yeah, game. I really like it. Yeah, it's okay. So I, I don't even know if I would put... Yeah, I'd put them in the top three, but I, I would put those two above it even. Mm. I haven't even done, like... I haven't, like, looked at all of them to be able to, like, rank all of them even. Yeah. But, no, tossing it. 
I love I love the Miami Heat city jersey. Um, I really, really like the Utah City jersey, but I mean, I feel like it's cheating doing the same thing back to back, like in different years. Yeah, but when you do it, when you do it perfect, you can't you just not, keep going. You yeah. just keep going. Just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I like, I understand that argument. Listen, I, I think it would be number two though. I love Miami. I love when the you black, make the neon pink and the baby powder yeah, blue. Oh, when you make the perf- the perfect, uh, the perfect Phoenix Suns jersey. You don't let that go. <laughs> when you are even the if you Suns, are the Utah Jazz, and you make the perfect Phoenix Suns jersey, you hold on to that. Bad you hold boy. on to that just in case the Phoenix and Suns ever get any as ideas. As long as you can, ride right into that sunset of a jersey. Yeah, right into that Utah slash Phoenix sunset. <laughs> yeah, it still should definitely be a Phoenix Suns jersey. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Um, so sticking with jerseys. Do you think they passed on it? <laughs> yeah, probably. Adidas was like, "Yo, Phoenix, we have the perfect jersey for you." And Phoenix was like, "You know, we're not that good at basketball, and we're pretty bad at jerseys, so no, we're gonna pass." And Utah's just like, "You." Fuck we really mailed it in with our logo. So you, you idiots. Yeah, it's a basketball shaped like a sun. We have like a basketball, and it's got like a hoop. The hoop's on fire. <laughs> we're the suns. Get it? Uh, anyway, uh, sticking with jerseys, the Tampa Bay... I actually Bay... just described the Miami Heat logo, <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, it's whatever. Um, so Tampa Bay Lightning third jersey just leaked, uh, a couple days ago, or last week, or whatever. Is it the worst third jersey in the NHL? Uh, absolutely, hands down, yes. <laughs> saucing it all, saucing it so much. <laughs> it's horrible, it looks like a long sleeve t-shirt. It looks like something you would see in the athletic clearance section of a national sports. Yeah, not even a national sports. It looks like something you'd see in the athletic clearance section of a store that doesn't have sportswear. Yeah, like an Uggs warehouse location. Yeah. And you're like in the back room and you're like, why do you have sports stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you're you're shopping online and you're like, oh man, like that third jersey was just released. Maybe I'll check that out. And you can't find it in the regular section because it's already in the clearance section. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. They bought a skid of them by accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all black. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning are, their colors are blue and white. First of all, you can't, uh, I'm a person, I know that a lot of people love black jerseys, but like, I think that if you make a black jersey, you're basically mailing it in. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, the NBA City jerseys are kind of the same. It's like the black jerseys, you, like of the 30 new NBA City jerseys, like, 20 of them were just black versions of the jersey there. Yeah. So they all just mailed yeah, it in. Yeah, like, let's just make it black. It's, it's like, it does look good. Yeah, but that's because black, black is good. cool color. Yeah. It looks good with everything. Yeah, I, I get it. But, uh, it, like, it's so bad. It's it's so bad. And the gradient sleeves are maybe the worst concept of all time. I know. It's weird. I thought we all agreed that gradient blows. No. Like. The, it's like Microsoft Word Art released Gradient Word Art in like 1997. No, it looks like and it should have stayed there. Uh, it looks like uh, the end of Avengers. When, <laughs> like, when it's like, when it's <laughs> Mr. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. <laughs> but like, that's what happens to the sleeves on the Tampa Bay Lightning jerseys. It's so bad. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> the space jerseys of the future Seattle Mariners. 
from earlier this season. Oh, no, this I love season. those. Because that's the other thing, is you got to steer into the bad. Like, yeah. if you're going to be bad, just be really should've bad. Just, the sleeve should have been all silver and very metallic. Like, if you have a, if you have an opportunity, look up the Tampa Bay... Th- I think if you actually type in Tampa Bay 3rd jersey, this is the one that pops up. But there was, like, a concept jersey of the Tampa Bay 3rd jersey from, like, the early 90s. Where it had like waves and like yellow <laughs> lightning bolts along the sleeves. That that's what that that's that's called steering into the skin. They're like, like we're, we're in Tampa Bay. There's beaches and water, <laughs> and we're the lightning. Lightning bolts and lightning also causes fire. So we have flames and lightning bolts on our jerseys. Like I would personally, I would personally like to believe that that. In the design meeting, they like came out with like the yellow lightning bolts on the sleeves, and they're like, "Guys, that jersey is horrifying. It's so ugly. Can we make it worse?" <laughs> and then they added waves. <laughs> like, they added waves. Like make them so bad that they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we both agree. We're both. Ta- uh, we're, sorry, we're saucing the idea that it's the worst third jersey in hockey. Yeah. Probably all of the double negative. It's very confusing. Yeah. Uh, so next. Uh, Rajon Rondo uh, of the Los Angeles Lakers finally got his foul line high five from an opposing team. He's been trying for years. After every single time that the opposing team has been taking foul shots, he always like you know when it, I I honestly do hate this, and I, I think Stephen A. Smith hates this, and I think that's where I first heard about it, and then I was like, oh no, I think I also hate it. And this, is, this, <laughs> this was the first slow, time this I've was ever the first agreed step. with Stephen. This A. is my first step into I'm now a full on Stephen A. Smith uh, <laughs> fan. I think at this point, I love him so much, but. Uh, yeah, so Rondo walks up to the other team and always tries to get in on the high fives after every fucking foul shot that teams do high fives for. But uh, he never gets it. He always ends, ends up, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Alfred Payton, but I don't think that that's right. Um, but it was awesome. <laughs> it, like There should have been like cheers in the crowd, and there wasn't. But he finally got in on a high five. It looked <laughs> like it was by accident, but who cares? Yeah. It's all the glory. I'm saucing it so much. Yeah, sauce Rondo, toss the guy who gave him the high five. You idiot. Come on. Uh, all right, next. Sticking with basketball. Carmelo Anthony potentially being released uh, in Houston. Sauce or toss? Uh, saucing it, uh, do you know what would have saved all this time and effort is just Not never signing, signing him. Horrible <laughs> idea. We were all on Vindication. Board. <laughs> Feels good. I love that. Because he's been very bad. He's and so bad. I'll, I'm not saying that he's the reason that they're bad. I almost think that losing Clint Capella and... Clint Capella? They had Clint Capella. He's still on the team. He's no, he got traded to the Clippers, didn't he? No. Who's the... Uh, anyways. Ariza's gone. Ariza. Tra- I'm, I'm thinking Trevor yeah. Ariza. Anyways, I think losing Trevor Ariza and um, La Baumute. Yeah. Those are the two big ones that are yeah. that probably is had a bigger impact than signing Carmelo, but Carmelo hasn't helped because he <laughs> sucks. <laughs> he's so bad, and he like he's just he's just a shell of what he was. He's been a shell of what he was for like yeah. five years. So this is wasn't on the original sauce. Oh my god! Please, seven sixers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's spot up three. That's all he needs is a three point shooter. He They're can't gonna bring him spot in. up three. I know anymore. that's the worst part. He's so bad at it. Um, do you think Carmelo Anthony will be a Hall of Famer? Sauce or uh, tossed Carmelo Anthony as a Hall of Famer. That's interesting. I actually don't know how hard it is to get in the NBA Hall of Fame. It's pretty easy. Seems like. Then yeah, 
Maybe but, not first ballot, but definitely no, second I, ballot. I, I, again, I, I don't really have a frame of reference, but he has legitimately been bad for five years, and I feel like almost everybody's known it. Yeah. Like, it's basically just been the younger generation of fans like, was he who not, have been tied to the idea of Mellow. He was almost only dominant when he was in Denver. Yeah, that was the last time he was good, and that yeah. was a long time ago. Yeah. He, and he's not that old. No. Like, it's he's not... Well, he's like 34, 35. Yeah, but he's not so old that it's like, it's like understandable why he's been bad for so long. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just refuses to adapt. He doesn't... He hasn't he, tried he doesn't since he tried. was in Denver. He's always needed 25 he's, shots to score 30 points. He's the antithesis. He's, he's, a, he's the antithesis of Jimmy Butler... He's like a bad Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he was in Denver, he was he was an efficient scorer consistently. His first couple of years in New York, he was he was okay on but really, they didn't have really bad teams. Yeah. Like he was the only option on really bad teams. But he was supposed to take a bad team and make them good, and he never really did. No, because he couldn't, because he's not that guy. He's not LeBron. He's no. not Dwayne Wade. He's not the kind of guy he, that... But there was a that. point in time where he was one of the best players in the league. Like, top five. Scores. Yeah. Not players. No, because he never really tried all that hard in defense. Yeah. Never but played still. defense. But yeah, does that no. make you a Hall of Famer? I'm going to say... Probably in the NBA, my but perception, I would for him. Yeah, my perception of what a Hall of Fame sports person should be? No. Yeah, tossed. Is it unanimous? No. Yes. It's Get a, out of the Hall of Fame. Oh, I was like, it's unanimous on this. Thing. Yeah, it's, it's unanimous. <laughs> Yes or no? That's the, the the ballot just has an, a list of fifteen guys Ooh, with a I yes or no. I check love that. Yes or no. I need more and more to think about it. Unanimous sports hall of fames. There'd be uh, like nine guys. But at the same time, you'd be more willing to vote. I think if you knew that the guy potentially wouldn't get in. You know? Yeah, you're, just, you're, you're like, I don't want to be the guy who says that Ichiro yeah. doesn't get in. Like, I'm just kidding, Ichiro gets in, yeah, hands down. Right? <laughs> but, like, last year uh, in the NFL, I think Ray Lewis was, like, uh, he was voted in, like, on 97 or 98%. It was, like, one of yeah. the second or third highest ever. And it's like, if you're telling me that your no vote would prevent him from making the Hall of Fame, you would vote yes. I'm going to say something that's going to make you really mad, but the person who voted against him was probably, like, he killed he someone. He killed somebody, yeah. <laughs> Which is bullshit. <laughs> You're like, there was no proof. Also, there's an upcoming, uh, Dan Patrick has a new interview show that I'm very excited about. I think, I don't remember what it's called, Uninterrupted or Undisputed or something like that. But he's coming out, it's coming out, Ray Lewis is going to do an interview, and Dan Patrick straight up asks him about that. Undisputed? No, I've, Undisputed. It used to be a Tim Buck show, or Joe Buck show. And then Joe Buck is not the host anymore. Oh, okay. But I don't remember what it's called. It's coming yeah, out okay. in, uh, it's supposed to come out in... In 2019, early 2019. So look out for that, and finally we'll have some answers from Ray Lewis as to whether or not he. Well, he's not going to say I murdered someone. He did murder someone. That's what you think. So Miami big drug dealer guy murdered some people and was like, "Hey, Ray, don't tell anybody, or I'll kill your family." (laughs) It's fucking crazy. Anyway, uh, moving on. The Chicago Blackhawks fired longtime uh, coach Joel (laughs) Quenbo. He sauced it already. Uh, won three Stanley Cups with them. Sauce or toss? I'm not. I'm saucing it. I'm not discrediting. I'm very grateful. I think he's a wonderful man. He's awesome. Like he was what they needed. I don't know if you remember. They I think they fired Denny Savard like seven games into the season, into the 20, ooh, 20, 10, 2010. Maybe ten years ago. It would have been twenty ten. No, it was was it ten years? Oh yeah, yeah, it had been. ten years. So two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, probably. So, yeah, so 2008, so they fired Denny Savard six years in, 
or sorry, six games in after Denny Savard was the coach for like two or three years. Anyways, uh, yeah, I am very grateful for everything that that man did. He's a wonderful man. He is legitimately great. Like, if you see videos of him like celebrating Stanley Cup championships with these guys, he like obviously is a part of the team. But no, it was time to move on. As much as I'm going to always tie a lot of this stuff to uh, my own personal fandom, it's the Dwayne Casey thing all over again. How much more can you honestly get out of this man because the roster isn't changing that much for anything to actually change? Right. So give somebody else a shot. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, I saw the idea. I love it. Like, I, I am all about... And it sucks, but I, I f- always feel like every single coach has a shelf life. The only coaches that don't have a shelf life are Bill Belichick and Greg Popovich. Oh, I thought you were going to go Joe Paterno, but, like, he obviously had a shelf life. Yeah, no, like, that guy should have been fired 30 years, like, you know. He had a shelf life. He <laughs> ignored some very bad things and uh, should have been gone a Jesus ago. Christ, Brian, you disgust me. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Belichick and Greg Popovich are the only ones that get to coach for as long as they want. Uh, and even then, it's kind of like... If you it, like, they're they're always coaching for their lives, you know. Like, if the Spurs have three bad years in a row, Popovich is gone. Jesus, a three. <laughs> yeah. If the if the Patriots have three bad years in a row, Belichick gone. You know, that's it, just the way that the game yeah. is. Yeah. No, it is totally true. I mean, they've oh, they they've been able to do. Yeah, I just think it's, you have to adapt as the game changes. That's my problem. You have to you adapt. Have to if adapt. you don't adapt, you're gone. And. Quenville might even sur- might even suffer from a bit of the Mike Babcock syndrome where it's like you look back at the success and you're like, who wouldn't have success with that team? There's like five Hall of Famers on there. So uh, I think it was just time for him to go. I'm totally on board with it. Yeah. So uh, I also sauced the idea. Time Another to- unanimous sauce. <laughs> Into the sauce Hall of Fame he goes. <laughs> Time to get some fresh blood in there, right? And see what uh, what the new guy can do. So, which uh, of the older coaches in the NHL do you think will be the next one to get fired? Hmm. That's a good point. There are not... I mean, the NHL is... Hockey is infamous for coaches having a very short lifespan. Yeah. Like, we're talking, like, three years max. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know if there's anybody else who's really at risk. Like, as much as I would, my brain is like, it's Babcock. It's like <laughs> not Babcock. Like, they're not, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody left. What about? Claude, Claude Julien's been great in Montreal, and he's. it's not that like he's been long tenured. There are no long tenured coaches no. in the NHL. So, okay, so then who's the next coach? Do you think... That there's a there's a team out there right now that's haunching at the bit to fire their coach so they can bring Joel Quenville in. Oh yeah, like a Todd McClellan yeah. in Edmonton. St. Louis. St. Louis too. Wow. St. Louis, which would be my fucking nightmare. Yeah, that'd because be wild. because one, St. Louis is struggling. Two, Mike Yo, who is a head coach who is supposed to be the successor for Ken Hitchcock from a, from last year, has been hasn't been great and never really has been great. The third thing is that uh, Joe Quenville is an ex-St. Louis Blues coach, so um, that's another thing. Yeah, it's it's. I almost feel like it might he might actually end up in St. Louis, but the problem is is that the scary thing, the thing that bugs me the most, is that Quenville, um, St. Louis is a division rival. But yeah, yeah, 
I, that's kind of where I'm going. Does anybody, I don't think anybody has an interim coach right now. Nope. No, I don't think so. No. I think Todd McClellan's done in Edmonton. Now, if I was Edmonton, I would be like, Can. fire him into the sun. But I also think that the, the GM's more of a problem there than the, the coach. I don't, True. as much as I don't, like I don't think that Todd McClellan's making the most of his players, but at the same time, it's like... It's you look at that roster and you're like it's not his fault. That roster's fucking garbage outside of McDavid. So like that's fine. Yeah. So Jeremy Carlton, Saucer Tost, new head coach Saucin of it. the Chicago Blackhawks, the youngest head Saucin coach in the league. Youngest head coach in the league. That's basically all I know about what him. Was he thirty three or something? The, he's got there's yeah. like four guys on his team that are older than he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's like thirty two or thirty three. Um, the he coached in Sweden for four years. Yeah, and then we hired him last year. Last year, I remember when we hired him. But like it was that the 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 AHL is such a weird league as far as the sports league goes. Like it's strictly developmental, pretty much. So it doesn't. I don't know if success at the AHL level really indicates success at the NHL level all the time. But I'm saucing him. I'm always down for guys who have new ideas. I watched the power play and they moved. It was the weirdest thing in the entire world. I haven't seen a Chicago Blackhawks power play where a guy skates left to right in like 10 years, which is mostly my problem with Quenville. Then it's like, it, it was it was mind-blowing. Not only that, but he stacked the first power play. We had all of our best players on the first power play and it was like, this is the whole reason we fired Quenville. They lost that game, which is perfectly fine. But like, yeah, it was it was horrifying. To, in a good way. Yeah. It was like, what is this? It's almost like this guy's willing to learn from his mistakes. That's funny. That's that's funny. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I saw it too. I love it. I love bringing in young guys. I mean, it worked in the NFL with Sean McVay. Um, yeah. The guy was like 31 when he was hired, and everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe. And now every single NFL team that's looking for a head coach is like, how can we find the next 30-year-old NFL head coach? Because... The leagues are all changed. Like we said, everything's younger. You need to be able to relate to these guys younger, 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 younger. I just think that it's... it's. It, I almost think that it's like like sports... Like the athletes themselves, obviously younger is better. But I almost feel like the management side, it's less about whether or not you have good ideas or whether or not you um, have experience or if you're young and smart. I think it just basically comes down to whether or not you're willing to adapt. Yeah. If you're willing to adapt, that means you're willing to grow and learn, which means that you're much you're a much more valuable asset. Not only that, but you put time into growing and learning. It's not just like, hey, this worked for us five years ago. We're going to keep doing it. It's, oh shit, this isn't working. I'm going to study this coach. I'm going to study this team who has the top, who's had the top three power play in the last three years. It's like, you're, because you need to steal ideas from other coaches. Yeah. To get better. And if you don't, you're you're toast. There's nothing. Again, the other thing is is that like you as a coach are not a more valuable asset than any other player. I can get rid of you just as probably more easily than I can get rid of players. Yeah. So if you're not able to adapt and change your system and your your plays and your your entire like structure to adapt to the type of players you have in your roster, then you're worthless. Yeah. So it's much easier for me to fire a coach than it is for me to fire twenty five guys. <laughs> yeah. See what happens if you fire the yeah. coach and and you believe enough in the coach, then you can make the roster changes after, you know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm all I'm on board for the, the, the youth movement as far as coaches and specifically with Blackhawks. I think that's the the final That's the it. Final, the final sauce. That's all we got. 
for sauce and or tossed. Oh, it's been oh, it's been it's been rusty. It's been rusty. <laughs> I feel like we performed great. Like like Garrett Sparks on the second night of a back to back. Yeah, we gave up five, but our team scored six, so yeah, we're good. Yeah, whatever. We're All good. good. It's been nice saucing. And also... Tossing. With you. <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> what up? Uh, I've been Smitty. You can find me on Twitter at From Tape to Tape. And I've been Brian. You can find me on Twitter at Read 11 You can find us on Instagram at Sauce Toss Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Sauce Toss Pod. And you can also find all our writing on the10day.wordpress.com. It's been good catching up with you. See you next time. Hopefully it's not three weeks from now. Maybe I'll go to Europe. Yeah. Oh, he put the sauce on him. Now, and Bryce Harper's been tossed. He slams down his back.